0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Pulling
1: up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is keep our guys. You know, um, do what we can, make sure that we keep our guys here and uh, and and hit a home run in free agency, just with our guys. Uh, and not maybe an outside guy, but just keep our guys. And then uh, Jason will hit another home run in the draft and uh, we'll continue to build
2: this football team. And, uh, you know, we don't have any many many weak spots. If we get the guys back that we want back and uh, need back, uh, we'll just be adding great athletes in the draft.
0: That's Bruce Arians the morning after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won Super Bowl 55. It's now Thursday morning, March 25, nearly two months since that occurred. And the Buccaneers have gone about their business in the early days of free agency, as Bruce Arians predicted, and as the Buccaneers were determined to do, Christopher, putting their team back together. And speaking of business, this is, as usual, the last business day of the week. Boom. For you. Boom. Sliding into a three day weekend like every other weekend. Do you get jealous? when everyone else has a three-day weekend because that's supposed to be your territory only <laughs> no
2: I, d- I don't get jealous I, I don't not at all not at all I, I like and I welcome it to enjoy the fun of life on a three-day weekend. It's great uh, but weekends haven't been like you know great lately uh, I mean you know I'm always retox detox that's not changing but but the other thing is that I, I am consumed with the NFL draft as you know right now so I'm trying to crack through players. You know, even on Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to I'm going to be sitting there at some point and try to kind of hunker down in my little film spot and knock some players off my list. That's my biggest stress right now. But nonetheless, it's very nice. Thursday night, baby. Here we go. And
0: surely, if there are any technical difficulties with your Wi-Fi hookup or anything else, you are very calm and reasonable, We're and not hard, yelling, or hard-wired screaming, in there. or f-bombing.
2: <laughs> That's good. Hardwired in yeah, there, hard- but I do I do watch my film on this setup. It's down in the basement where my little boy plays Fortnite. Right, so he'll come down there, and he's been great because he he's like he knows like oh I can't mess this up right now, but. He does want to, like, switch the keyboard. This keyboard's better when I play Fortnite, you know? And he does all these other things, and that does every now and then. I'm like, hey, dude, dude, put the other keyboard back. That's how I rewind my tape and film and stuff. Like, stop messing around. Dad's got work here. And he's been pretty good. He's listening.
0: Philip. Philip, let me tell you, Philip, I'm going to speak directly to you, (laughs) Philip. Do whatever you want to do. I got your back. Do whatever you want to do. Be a kid. And if you want a better keyboard, if that makes your Fortnite experience more enjoyable, you do it, baby. Do it. All right. Uh, Let's get down to business. The uh, Buccaneers, as we mentioned at the very top, in the process of systematically keeping the band together, close to re-signing Indominus Sue to another one-year deal. Very interesting to see what the terms are because Sue is the example we've used from time to time to illustrate how the middle class, a veteran player with recognizable name, could get squeezed dramatically right. in this year with $25 million less in cap dollars than what there would have been in a normal year. Stars get their money, a lot. Rookies get their money, not much. Guys in between, the ones who get squeezed. And someone told me back in... December, January, when it was really coming into focus that this was going to be a down year. A guy like Ndamukong Suh not getting $8 million, He's getting $3 million in this new environment. So we'll
2: see how many million Ndamukong Suh adds to his career earnings. I don't think it's going to be three. I don't expect that. I think it's going to be north of six. That would be at least my, my bottom line there. what, what you, you think that's correct? Here's my prediction. Yeah. It will initially
0: be reported as in the neighborhood of seven to eight. Right. And once we get the real numbers, it will be something less than that with the opportunity to make up the difference based on playing time, getting to the playoffs, per-game roster bonuses, whatever the case may be. Because Rob Gronkowski's deal advertised as 10, right. not 10. This is not an uncommon thing this year or any year, but I think this year especially when you have a higher degree of, of ego bruising for some of these star players who aren't accustomed to not making all that much and it's very common for agents to inflate what these deals are worth. I think we're going to hear that Dominkan Sue has a base package better than what it actually is. Whatever the numbers. Yeah. 8 million is what we're told ends up being 6 and he can make two more or something like that. Right, so, right. Uh, so assume that up to is part of whatever the initial report is as to what indomitian sue makes because i i just think that even though they've created a bunch of cap space with some of of these other deals that doesn't mean that that indomitian sue is the one who's going to consume it you can save that cap space for some of these other deals you have to do for your younger players who are moving toward contract number two vita vea is already eligible Devin white is going to be eligible after this year, right? You got to save some of those cap dollars and every cap dollar saved now automatically goes to a future year. So that doesn't mean you just burn it away for a guy who maybe has one year left in the tank.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, it's coming down to the end. It doesn't need to, I mean, because I I think the play on the field justifies like you look at it and you go, "Uh, he could play a few more years. There's no doubt about that. It's not like a guy we're looking at where I'm going, Oh, it's, it's coming to the end. You know, I think we think like what you just said, Mike, just because we figure, hey, it's a rough and tough position. He's been playing it for a long time. And I do think he's got a little bit of like, if he's not in a Super Bowl type team or making the amount of money he thinks he deserves, he'll walk away. But I'm amazed. I'm amazed by the Bucks and just everything they've done. I mean, the fact that they got this all orchestrated, kept the players and good for them. I mean, really. They're in it right now. It's there to be had. They can make a Super Bowl run once again. We know. I mean, just as Bruce Arians said that, that clip there, there there's, there's not really a weakness to the football team. And now they kind of – we saw them come together as a team and kind of get on all on the same page. And Sue is still a force. You know, when you break them down and watch them on the defensive line, not that he is the star he was five, six years ago, but, you know, what does happen is – he, he probably loves playing in Tampa because he gets a few more one-on-ones than he would in other places because people exactly. are worried, right? So people are worried about those other guys. And I think that's why, you know, last year, uh, what, what do he have? Six sacks, which is like as high as he's had since 2015 or something like that. So that, that I think speaks to, you know, what we're saying there. Those one-on-ones, those opportunities. And he does bring an attitude to the defense. You know, that, that's the one thing I like about Indomitian And Indomitian Sioux has not been one of those defensive players, Mike, who's like slipped into the, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I get annoyed sometimes when defensive players are too smiley and happy and help quarterbacks up and do stuff like that. He's still old school. He's still trying to intimidate you. He doesn't care if you're Aaron Rodgers or whoever you are. He wants he'll wants help to, them down. He'll, he'll put you down. Right. He'll throw a right hook at Patrick Mahomes' face. I mean, we saw that. He will. He doesn't care, and I think there's great value in that in in this day and age in the NFL too. Well, there's a line
0: there that you don't want to cross, and he's been on either the wrong side of it or stepping on it literally from time to time during the course of his career. But I like the point that in Tampa with those other great linemen around him, he's no longer the guy who gets doubled and tripled. He's the guy who's getting the one-on-one matchups, and he's able – to have a freer run at the quarterback or the ball carrier or whatever it is his assignment requires on that play. We showed the graphic. They have systematically found a way to bring back the players that they wanted to bring back. Now, with Chris Godwin... I'm surprised still surprised they franchise tagged him I thought they'd let him go because they have enough good receivers they can bump up the depth chart bring back Antonio Brown Scotty Miller Tyler Johnson whoever they would draft this year in a draft that once again is loaded with receivers the 17 million per year for Shaq Barrett which he admitted was the best offer that he got in free agency there was no one else out there and now I think they got lucky because in this year, you're not going to have somebody who's just going to say, let's go get the best player on the Buccaneers' Definitely. defense just to disrupt them and say, hey, we have Shaq Barrett. Right. People were making football decisions, not business decisions, but between those two, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, Ryan Suckup, an important guy to keep around given the Roberto Aguayo misadventures, we're down to two. We had we We've had eight on this graphic for weeks. We're down to Antonio Brown amazing, and Leonard Fournette. And... Uh, what do you think they're going to do? There's reporting from ESPN that that they want to keep both guys, which I would expect them to say. I don't expect them to come out in the aftermath of the Super Bowl where both of these guys had contributions that they made throughout the course of the season and say, ah, we're done with those guys. But they, they've they got to want whatever the Buccaneers are willing to pay. Do you think that they find a way to keep Fournette and AB
2: around? Well, I don't think it's a top priority. I don't. I, I think it's one of those where they're going to look at it like eh, you know, it's icing on the cake. You know, first off, Fournette, he's he's probably going to hold out a little bit here just to try to find the best possible deal he can get and squeeze every dollar out of his career. This might be one of the last times he gets a chance to kind of hit free agency and and get a you know a big big number attached to his name as far as salary. Now th- they're not. They're not desperate at the running back position. We know, we saw during the year, Ronald Jones was their guy. He's got talent. You know, he's got a little bit of everything. You know, power, size, speed, can do it all. And, you know, the other factor too is where they are sitting in the draft at 32. You know, that that's prime. Oh, we might get the top running back in the draft territory, too. So that could play into this, you know, this the this position and how they value it and everything else there too. I'm sure they'd like to have him back, but I don't think it's a guy they're going to overpay like $1 to. And then Antonio Brown, I mean, again, you kind of said it already with the, the, the Chris Godwin thing. I mean, they don't really need him. You know, like you've heard me say towards the end of the year, you you certainly can argue Scotty Miller is right there with Antonio Brown as far as the talent he has, maybe not quite the route runner, but more of a big play threat with his speed and things like that. So I think it's the same thing. Like, they'll bring him back, but they're not going to overpay them by $1. It's going to be on their terms. I think that's where those two kind of fit in or if they do fit in.
0: Well, and with Tyler Johnson earning his stripes in the playoffs and putting himself in a position where he can be a guy that Tom Brady trusts, maybe Tom Brady no longer has that burning desire to have Antonio Brown there. They won a Super Bowl together. Maybe it's run its course. Maybe it's time for A.B. to move on and incorporate the lessons he's learned from Tom Brady elsewhere. He has kept himself under control off the field for the most part and he still has that civil lawsuit hovering over him for sexual assault and rape that isn't going anywhere it's supposed to go to trial in December it could be that now is the best time for the Buccaneers to say thank you A.B. you get your Super Bowl ring you were a contributor if you hang around you're going to be lost in the depth chart you're better off finding another spot somewhere else and I agree with you on for what happened last year with the Chiefs Clyde Edwards Alaire with the 32nd pick in the draft right Running backs are available in every round right. of the draft. Holt's got or their guy in the top of the second. You know, all I got to do is look at Jacksonville. They got James Robinson from Illinois State undrafted, no doubt. So, you, 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 and you don't know for sure that you're going to find a guy who can come in and get it done that way. But if Leonard Fournette is expecting to get. Money that is more than just the dribs and drabs we've seen—the one and two-year deals in the range of two, three, four million. Look at what Marlon Mack—he hardly got anything to go back to Indianapolis. Now he's coming off a torn Achilles. Yeah, but 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 still, I I agree with you. There's no reason to overpay. And there yeah. was something that Bruce Arians said in that clip we played at the top, because they have been focused on keeping their own guys, and it's difficult to go out and start throwing money to strangers to the team until you've taken care of your guys. But Arians acknowledged at some point they will. And the cap space they've created will allow them to. And they're going to be able to dangle some significant opportunities to come join the Super Bowl parade. And there are plenty of guys still out there that could help make that team better. And that, to me, is what's interesting now. Maybe even more interesting than do they keep Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette I'm intrigued now by where they pivot when they start looking at guys to whom they can offer coveted and rare spots on this Tampa
2: Bay Buccaneer team that is trying to make it back to back. I I know, you know. Well, they're getting up, you know, getting up against it, right, on the salary cap. So I don't think they're going to be able to spend like a ton of ton of money. But Mike, here's the other thing I'll just say about what you said. You know, when you really look at them, you just go. Where do they need players? That That's what's amazing. You just go, where? Where do you need a free agency upgrade? I mean, tight end is a plethora. Let's not forget OJ Howard is going to be back, right? There's another weapon. He's a, he's, I think he's, I think he's I a think free agent. It, I think it is a fifth-year option. Am I not wrong about that? I thought so. I could be wrong, but check. check. I could be wrong, so I, I stand corrected. Either way, my point would be, There's not room on the roster a whole lot other than, like, uh, I thought it was a fifth-year option. Pete's saying it was. Um, But, uh, uh, you know, anything else they get is depth or a specialization guy, right? Like, oh, maybe we get, you know, this guy to, uh, again, come in to cover tight ends, something like that. Again, just icing on the cake type of stuff. I mean, offensive line set up, receiver set up. All right, running back. You know it's still good. Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, the kid they drafted out of Vanderbilt. He's you know he's he's a good number two. He's got that possibility in him. So that's what's amazing about the football team. They have built a complete football team, and there already is pretty decent depth to go along with it. And that's uh, it, it's just rare. It's really rare, like we said a few weeks ago, to see a Super Bowl team not get ravaged by anybody or anything in in this salary cap era. You don't see that very often.
0: I bet they would have loved to have released O.J. Howard before his fifth-year option right. payment of $6 million became fully guaranteed, but it was injury guaranteed. He yeah. has that torn Achilles. Yep. They couldn't do it. Uh, offensive line, I think, is an area where they may want to go bargain shopping just for depth purposes, right. just for look at what happened sure. to the Kansas City Chiefs when their top two guys weren't available for the Super Bowl-type purposes. You know, they did extend the contract of Donovan Smith, which yeah, is good and it right. created some more cap space and and they do have a very good offensive line, but if you get a guy injured, you need to have someone that you can trust who can step in, not an undrafted free agent, not a 6th round pick. If you can get one of these veterans who are available in free agency, and have them as a swing right. guard tackle exactly. type of a guy or yeah. just a guy who's available on the bench right. for whatever need there may be at any of those five spots. And he's someone who's been around the block and knows a thing or two. That, that to me would be the one area that they would be smartest to bolster with any cap space they
2: have left once they've taken care of all the business they want to take care of with their current players. Agreed there. Agreed. I mean, you you know, you can't have enough good offensive linemen. We know how dangerous of a position it is. You know, that's one of those guys – one of those spots where two guys could go down in a hurry because guys fall on their legs in the piles or whatever else, and, you know – you got Tom Brady at quarterback. Protection is, is essential. Like, it's essential. It's more for him than just about anybody else in football with his age and his, you know, inability to really avoid danger a whole lot. And we saw last year his worst moments were all pressure-related, all of them. I mean, you could, it's, it's actually comical if you go back and look at it. So I, I think you're spot on there. And, you know, it is. It's going to be finding guys that, hey, got a little experience of they could play center or guard or this guy's done guard and tackle, and it's going to be that. But, it, but again, it's all just filler when you really look at it. I mean, it, it's truly amazing. And then, you know, Jason Light's been pretty damn good in the draft, too. Uh, so they're going to have that aspect, and I'm sure, you know, just from what he's done the last few years, I just look at it, and, man, it's it's been a lot of home runs. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if they got a few more studs in the draft. With it. He's got an, an incredible – eye for talent he really does I'm I'm a big fan of Jason likes eye. everything ever since everything except Robert Aguayo like I've always said that was that was the only pick I've ever looked at him and gone what the hell is he thinking other than that they've all been awesome and
0: I continue
2: to believe
0: that Larry Fitzgerald could end up with Ugh. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and think about all the connections light was in Arizona Arians was in that's Arizona that's a good point and this is a team that By all appearances, is going to be in the hunt again, and this is a way for Larry Fitzgerald to exit with a Super Bowl ring. I made the comment recently. Blaine Gabbert has a Super Bowl ring. Dan Marino, Dan Fouts, Fran Tarkenton don't. Plenty of guys have Super Bowl rings that have had no contribution, no reason. And no, all due respect, but we, we know that's how it goes. It right is. place, right time, that's you get a Super Bowl ring. And you don't and care. And if there's a way that you'll take Larry it. Fitzgerald can cap his career. Right. And I don't, I don't think anyone with the Cardinals or any Arizona fan is going to be upset. They have A.J. Green. They're moving forward. He's been there forever. If he decides he wants to, to sign up with the Bucks for a one year to try to get a Super Bowl ring, work with Tom Brady, I think that that it makes sense for both sides getting a guy out there with the man of the year patch on his jersey everything that he brings to a team and and even though I don't think the Buccaneers need it the same way that others do to avoid complacency when you do bring in a veteran who doesn't have a Super Bowl win yeah who desperately would like to get one that can become new juice almost a rallying cry it's it, it just it keeps guys from from getting lackadaisical because what did we do last year? We climbed that mountain. What are we trying to do this year? We're trying to climb that mountain again. We just climbed that mountain. Everybody else is trying to climb that mountain. You know, it's hard to climb that mountain. We just climbed the damn thing. You, you, want, you don't want guys thinking like that. And if you have a Larry Fitzgerald there who is desperate to climb that mountain, that, that can help you. Again, they don't need it with Tom Brady. But man, I think it would help. It would just give him another little kick in. I, the butt. I don't if disagree they could get with that. Larry
2: Fitzgerald. Don't disagree with that at all. There's some. I don't care, Tom Brady or not. There, you know, juice is needed, and it, it it could become a rallying cry. To your point, you know, one, he could, you know, like an Antonio Brown, but in a different way, kind of raise the level of excitement in the wide receiver room, and it can become a rallying cry where you know, he, Oh man, he, he could start, he'll start talking a little bit. Like, Oh, I want to get a ring. And, and you know, guys are going to hear that. And they're going to rally around. We want to get Larry a ring. We want to get Larry. we want to get the old timer a ring. Like Florio he's an old timer. Uh, I would think that <laughs> I would think that if Fitz ended up there, that that definitely would end the AB marriage. That would be the end of that. He's the anti Antonio Brown. He is. It'd be like the total opposite. Like it, it's total opposite guy altogether. But uh, I think there's some logic to that, Mike. And, Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe that's why he's sitting out there right now, still contemplating and maybe trying to let Tampa figure out their whole situation. The circumstantial evidence is
0: overwhelming when you think about it. Fitzgerald crickets about his intention. Yeah, you're right. It's Mike. late March. He said nothing about it. Cardinals, they signed AJ Green, which tells us he ain't going back to the Cardinals. Buccaneers, systematically going through their options. And you just pick a day on the calendar. When's the best day for us to do this? And also, it's an opportunity to take over a news cycle. You wait for things to slow down, get in that lull between free agency and the draft. You pick that right day to make that transaction, make it known, and they'll be praised. It's it's all anyone will be talking about if you pick the right day. And if there isn't some unexpected news elsewhere that swoops in and knocks it off the the front page of the sports section, Larry Fitzgerald going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be a huge development, and it's right. hiding in plain sight, looking at us. I think it's going to happen. Put me down for minus two fifty for Larry Fitzgerald to the Buccaneers. Pete, don't, don't try to put other well, ideas in my head. the I understand what he's saying. I understand what he's saying. Like Buccaneers, l- you know.
2: Sorry, but but yes, I, I the. the the connections are all there to, to Tampa to what you're saying, you know, with Jason Light, Bruce Arians, all of that. That makes sense. Tom I mean, Brady. Todd sure he and Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm sure
0: he and Tom Brady are, well, are have golfed together. I'm sure they're friends. I'm sure – I mean, I don't know the details, but why wouldn't they be? They've both been around the NFL forever. They're the two elder statesmen.
2: They're the two old-timers of the NFL. Well, yeah. There has to be a relationship there already. Well, I I, I would think so. And Larry's the kind of guy – like, I've been around Larry a few times. I mean, he, you know, he, you, he makes you feel like you've known him forever even when you meet him the first time. He's just a – he's a great guy. He's a great human being. Uh, so, he's going to fit in there. But, like, to answer Pete, who says the Chiefs, You know, one, yeah, the connections with Tampa. Two, the other thing, Pete, I would say to the Chiefs thing is he doesn't really fit what they do offensively. He's more of a fit because he can run, you know, the option stuff and do all that stuff in the slot. The Chiefs don't do that. That's something you've heard me say, right? I'd like to see them do more of that to grow their offense there. And then the other thing is, is, you know, a lot of their other pass plays are just like, Run as fast as you can that way. Run as fast as you can that way. And that's not Larry Fitzgerald either. So that would be my answer to that, Pete, not to, like, uh, say you're wrong. It's a good idea. I just think there's a, a, certainly a better fit there in, in Tampa. And I reflect
0: on 2008, 2000, what was the year of the Hail Mary the game when when the Packers tied it up and
2: the Cardinals won it over. To that was, what year was that, that? Was 08, I think. I was that an 08 or '09? No. That was nine. No. no, I'm talking about the one. Oh, the where... one that a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. In the, yeah. I'm thinking of in the the wild card game, like with her 2014, Warner. 2015, that was 2015 or 15 somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. R- remember how?
0: possessed and determined he was to get the ball into the end zone in overtime i mean he's got when he gets into the playoffs he's got another level almost like gronk there's another level that comes through from larry fitzgerald and this team's definitely good enough to get to the playoffs right we saw the odds for the buccaneers winning the super bowl they have improved dramatically over the course of the past several weeks I playoff Larry Fitzgerald in two thousand eight. That that got him a bronze bust, regardless of whatever else he did in his career. After that, he is so good in the postseason. Can you imagine him and Brady and Gronk and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all those other players and that defense? If they get back to the postseason, I think those odds are going to keep dropping. They're almost even with the Kansas City Chiefs right now to win the Super Bowl. And I I know that the team that just won the Super Bowl always has that shine. And that's the most recent thing that we can remember. And it's been almost 20 years since it's actually happened. Wouldn't that be a great bookend for Tom Brady, though, to go back to back in New England and then back to back 20 years later with a
2: different team in his first two years with that team would be unreal uh I mean unreal I mean it's he's his story is there's no no other story like it I mean really you know Bruce Arians even to him what a story that would be the journey he's taken everything like that but uh I I mean I'm with you Mike you know we 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 don't realize how hard it is just because the Patriots are so long we're always in the conversation so we always kind of just like Oh, the Patriots went to the Super Bowl. Patriots will be back next year. Oh, the Patriots went to the Super Bowl. Oh, the Patriots will at least be in the Final Four next year. I mean, you just – you always thought of it that way. But, you know, to your point, it's it's not easy. Not at all. And uh, this team, it's set up. They're set up as good as any as I can remember, you know, as far as a Super Bowl team, just as far as talent, young talent blended with the right amount of veteran players to kind of give them the professionalism and those type of things – uh, I don't know you you it really it's maybe the best setup since Seattle you know there when they made their run. I'm just trying to think of other ones just of recent days the Chiefs just the chiefs yeah, maybe the chiefs. maybe that's just as bad as, as good as it gets, but I think this team's set up better than the Chiefs because of you know we're talking about a team who's got the ability to be a top five offense and the number one defense in football too, and that's where it's it's really special that burning desire
0: from Tom Brady that has carried him to 7 championships and is pushing him toward 8. Whenever he retires and let's assume he plays until he's 45. He's got half of his life left, maybe more. I don't know where you replace that thing that became such a central focus for you for more than half of the life you've already lived. Yeah. Super Bowl, super bowls, super bowls, super bowls. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you where you find that motivation once you take away that mountain that you are happy to climb as many times as possible because you've climbed it more than anyone else ever has and possibly more than anyone else ever will. T.Y. Hilton has never climbed the mountain with the Indianapolis Colts. They're feeling good about what they have, and they've found a way to keep him on a one-year $10 million deal. Now, to repeat something I said earlier. Yeah, go ahead. I wonder if it's really 10 million or if it's seven or eight with incentives on the back end. It seems it just first blush seems like a lot for a guy who's been around for 10 years.
2: Uh, Agreed. Like, you know, it's, it's for the current market and some of the names we've seen sign here as of late, but one, he's been Johnny professional for that organization for a long time. You know, again, he is a, he's been a top tier receiver in the football and there's no diva mentality at all about him. We've never heard a peep about give him the ball more or anything like that. So I think he's probably getting rewarded a little bit maybe for that. But the other thing too, Mike, that I'll say, when, when, you, when you watch him on film, it, it's still really good. You know, I, I would think at some point, even if it wasn't the Colts, somebody would have gave him a deal for 6 or $7 million a year for one year. You know, you know brains still a good route runner, and still enough speed to scare you. I mean, you just look at his stats this year. It wasn't like he was catching dink and dunk passes. You could tell yards per reception. I mean, they were giving the ball down the field. That says something to me, and it showed on film too. So uh, I understand it, and they got to be a little worried with, you know, again, some good receivers, but we've talked about, you know, Paris Campbell, he got hurt. You know, you got a rookie in Michael Pittman Jr. who's, yes, it looks like he's going to be real good, but it's a second year. You know, this gives them some de- dependability and a little more flexibility at the at the position altogether, let alone it's a homegrown star, and, and they love him.
0: During the show yesterday, PFT PM, someone provided me with the incentive package for T.Y. Hilton, and frankly, I forgot all about it. That's on me. I was going to write about it last night on PFT. There's another... 2 million in incentives. He's got 8 million guaranteed. Okay. I think my instincts were right. Yeah, I think it's 8 million plus the opportunity to make another 2 million. He's got he's got 80 or more receptions during the 2021 regular season will get him a million. And it goes 250,000 for 50, 500,000 for 60, 750,000 for 70, a million for 80, and then receiving yards up to a million. If he gets 900 or more, he gets another million and another graduating scale, 600, 700, 800, 900, quarter million each step. So it is 8 million plus 2 million, up to 10 million. If he has 80 catches or more for 900 yards or more,
2: he'll get 10 million for the year. Well, I mean, he stays healthy, and he's hitting on all cylinders. He, he might be able to do that. He might. I mean, really. you know, With Carson Wentz, a quarterback, that offense – you know, they got again that's a that's a team that's it's close. It's not the Bucks, but they're set up in a lot of good ways. You look at their offense and you go, "Oh, they don't need much." Okay, maybe I know we need, they got to get a left tackle. Rest of the offensive line is damn good. Running back set up, receivers pretty good. You know, tight end play good. And then the defense is 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 up there. It's a top 10ish defense. I will go back to, you know, kind of what we've said about them all along. I would like to see them get another edge presence, right? With the way they play defense, they don't like to blitz a whole lot, and that to me means they need to get one more stud pass rusher on the edge. That would be the only thing I would look at them and to go, man, that may be the one area where they can improve and it could really kind of you know, boost their football team to another level. But they're scary good, and as we heard from a lot of people, After the playoffs were over, we heard the Bills The Bills were kind of quietly telling people the best team they played all year were the Indianapolis Colts. And that scared the hell out of them, that game and the wild card game. And I think there was a few teams out there that thought, ooh, the Colts, watch out for them. They could make a playoff run and be real serious. So Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, they got that team set up. It's so one of the first things John Brown said
0: after he was cut by the Bills. He wanted to go to the Colts or the Steelers, and, and they were impressed. He was impressed, and presumably others impressed, by what the Colts did in that playoff game where yeah. they gave the Bills a hell of a scare. Issue with Chase Claypool, the Steelers receiver. We've got to mention this because you never know what the league's going to do under the personal conduct policy. The right. league has so much discretion it can do whatever it wants, frankly. A video emerged. It was overnight Tuesday into Wednesday. Yeah. Chase Claypool from March 13, a fight at a bar in Southern California that spilled out into the street. At one point, it looks like he goes up to a guy who's on the ground and gives him a kick. Then there's a guy who lunges at Claypool and lands face first on the ground. It looks like Claypool maybe like shoves his head back into yeah. the asphalt. Hey, I, Chris, Look, these guys got to know when to disengage. Yeah. Whether, you're, whether you're a pro athlete or not, I tell my son all the time, if you're out, if you're somewhere, if you sense anything going down, just get the hell out of there. Because, number one, you don't know who has a gun nowadays. That's nowadays. True. You're right. Just get the hell out. Just have that instinct of something's going down and I'm getting the hell out of here. And especially if you're a guy who's subject to discipline from your employer for anything you do anywhere you are, yeah, get the hell out of
2: there when you see something going down. Yeah, that's right. He's got too bright of a future. I mean, he could be a superstar. Uh, you, you've heard me talk about him for the last two years. He's got everything you want. Everything. He's one of those guys when he walks and he walks in the room, you go, "What? You're a receiver? Holy crap! Did they build you in a lab? Like, I mean, he is a freak of nature. On the field, off the field, I. He wasn't. He looked like he was trying to kind of just. Keep the peace and things like that, and people kept coming until he kicked the guy. Well, the kick was okay, you know. Again, a fight broke out, but you're right. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. It's not the most egregious thing in the world either. And then when a guy comes at you, I mean, yeah, I don't know what that guy had already drank or smoked, but you weren't kicking a
0: guy who's on the ground. Yeah, look, I I love Chase Claypool, but kicking
2: a guy on the ground isn't cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm saying when, a, when a fake disengage. fight breaks out like that, some things happen. But you're disengage. right about disengage. disengage. You're right. You're right. And then the, and the, push- the, here's the here's the other reason. Yeah. Everywhere you go. I Anything know. you do, I know. cannon will be
0: used against you because somebody else is recording it. No doubt. Is why we even know about it. it Back in the old days, you'd hear 50 different versions about what happened. Oh, you wouldn't what? even know that he kicked anybody. Oh,
2: what? Back in the old days, we might not have had the Raiders, the Steelers, the Giants, or any of those teams. They, they had all been in jail. Who knows what the hell would have happened? Uh, but again, I, I don't think it looked egregious enough for the NFL to take action. Yeah, he gave a little kick. It wasn't like he crushed the guy's face or anything. I mean, it didn't look like he made like square contact. The guy attacked him and he basically just threw him on the ground and that was it. But you're I mean, I'm not arguing with your point. It's just it's a different day and age. There's a lot of fake tough guys out there and it's just not worth it for for what he's got in front of him as a football player.
0: The NFL's personal conduct policy is a tool of Public relations. That's all it is. 99.99% of all the employers out there wouldn't care about something like this. They're not going to do anything to you for something like this. These are things that happen on your own time away yep. from work. There are some states where you better be careful what you do for to someone who engages in some sort of misbehavior when they're not at work. The only reason it's permissible in the NFL setting is the unions agreed to the personal conduct policy, has agreed to and authorized the policing of players in their private lives. But because the NFL has so much discretion, you know, there are times when they exercise that discretion to not turn a, a small issue into a big issue. That's happened, I believe. And, and also, Claypool could be the victim of circumstance where... This is a good opportunity to remind all these players, number one, that there is a personal conduct policy. You know, because post Ray Rice, so many guys changed their ways and complied, we may be getting into a new generation of players who don't really understand. They haven't they haven't experienced in the locker room yeah. secondhand what happens when a guy gets suspended. <laughs> and also after a year, after a year of everyone being at home, yeah. guys are out and about again. You're right. I'm telling you, Clay Claypool could get whacked by the NFL for this simply to send a message to all the other players out there. And I'm not saying he's going to face a six game suspension. That's the baseline suspension for any act of violence. And we see the act of violence on tape, but he could get something just as a way to publicize to all players. Don't mess around now that you're back in a position where you can go out to bars, be smart. Don't be stupid, disengage. And if you don't, you're going to face the consequences.
2: Yeah, but, um, Mike, I, I don't disagree. You might be right. I don't think this is one that d- deserves that. I, I don't think it's quite egregious enough. And, you know, to what you're and saying. Pl- we can, we can talk know, for a full I segment know.
0: about guys who got stuff they didn't I deserve. I get it. But,
2: I, you know, I think Deshaun Watson's reminding everybody just, you know, plenty Did, well. And, I know well, it's not the same. Though. But it's still, yeah, it's still, you know, get your butt in gear. Don't do, do the right thing. All that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's not a good look for Chase Claypool and just playful. I hope, man. I hope, I hope
0: that the bar fight dynamic is far more prevalent than the Deshaun Watson dynamic. I hope he's the only well, guy we're in, in an the era NFL because of who's social in that spot.
2: social media, like where you know everyone's a, a, a fake tough guy. It's just the way it is. It's you know oh, I say this on social media, and there's just too much. I get it. I mean, and I'm nobody. But, you know, when you go out and do things, people say things, you know, as you walk by to get underneath your skin or do that type of stuff. And, yeah, you got to be mature and walk away. But it's worse now than ever. People are always like that. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to avoid for a young guy. Why would? Why would you say you're nobody? You're well, somebody. I mean, not like Why a would you, big, You're
0: somebody. You're the son of Phil Sims. <laughs> I, I am. Mind.
2: I am the damn son of Phil Sims. You're right. I'm <laughs> proud of that. You got a problem with that? Screw <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which will, of course, not provoke any type of hostile reaction on social media. Let's take a break when we return. Hostility apparently ending between Daniel Snyder and his partners as he buys them all out. We'll talk about that significant development and what it likely means for Daniel Snyder's entanglement with the league office when PFT Live continues right after.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the world's greatest athletes.
2: This is the showdown we've been waiting for.
1: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. World again!
2: Go for the United States!
1: Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris anything can happen I have never seen anything like this how about that An Olympics unlike any other what a performance the Paris Olympics this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock what if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only Black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of Black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The news broke yesterday morning because they sent around the agenda for next week's ownership meeting and one of the items on the agenda is approving Daniel Snyder's request to exceed the NFL's team by team debt limits so he can buy out the 40 percent or thereabouts held by his three limited partners who have been trying desperately to sell for more than a year because they don't want to do business with Daniel Snyder anymore it turned ugly there have been arbitrations there's been litigation And now Daniel Snyder acquiring the money necessary by being permitted to go above the debt limit put in place for every team to borrow and buy out these guys. And the big takeaway is this, Chris. Yeah. The fact that the league is poised to let him do it is being interpreted as a clear message that however this ongoing investigation of workplace misconduct over a period of years with the Washington football team ends, it won't end with Daniel Snyder being forced to sell. And you may remember a few weeks ago, there was a leak from at least a draft report of a recommendation from attorney Beth Wilkinson that Snyder be pressured, forced, required to sell. That's likely not happening because of the fact that they've empowered him to borrow the money necessary to buy these other guys out.
2: Yeah. I mean, interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, all of, all of it's interesting. I think the first thing I just, I'd I'd like to ask you just is like, yeah. I mean, why, how do the owners, how does the NFL get behind it with like this, a lot of this stuff still pending, I guess is what I'm a little surprised by to a degree. You know, I, I know we've, it just—it seems like the owners feel like oh, Daniel Snyder might not be as wrong as maybe we think he is, or he's been portrayed yeah. to be. What do they have info we don't? Go ahead, tell me. I—I I think
0: that from the beginning, the vibe has been they're not going to make him sell. So this isn't inconsistent with just the sense I've gotten, the people I know, the people I talk to. There's never been any type of a groundswell. Even though he's not one of the more popular owners, I think there's a concern yeah. of throwing stones from the porch of a glass house, of but for the grace of God go we, that they may be establishing a standard yeah, uh-huh. in Washington uh-huh. right. that all of a sudden starts getting applied to, to everybody, And yeah. I ain't going to name names, but look, you're talking about billionaires. Who are used to being catered to, who are used to getting what they want, when they want, how they want. And that doesn't mean that anyone's crossed the line. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But, but. This I opens think Pandora's
2: box and you don't I, want to let her out is what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. And, and, and I remember when Jerry
0: Richardson handed the keys over. He wasn't forced. He was done. He didn't have any heirs he was going to give the team to. See, Snyder wants to keep the team because he wants to give it to his kids. Richardson was just going to end up selling it through his estate when he died. So here comes this, and it's horrifying, and it's mortifying, and he has that facade of Southern gentleman. The last thing he's going to do is get into a big, ugly fight with anybody. He says, I'll sell the team. And what a punishment he got, a couple of billion dollars for the franchise he founded back in 1995 for an expansion fee a hell of a lot less than that. And, and, and I think that situation scared some folks. But the idea that the league would create a precedent that it will force an owner to sell based upon things that any of them could be accused of and then you got to go back 15, 20 years, however many years, and right. and ask yourself, well, who's going to come out of the woodwork and put pressure on me now? And I got to worry about having to sell my team. No, thank you. We're not crossing that bridge.
2: Yeah, I, I mean that makes a lot of sense, Mike. That you know, I, I didn't really think of that aspect because I was that's where I as a, just as a fan, and I don't get into all the legal stuff all the time like that. I mean, that's your your ballpark and you're awesome at it I like picking your brain about it but I just found it curious you know I did and especially with all you know again the players always being held to protect the shield protect the shield protect the shield all that type of stuff you know I, I sometimes do find this stuff a little hypocritical when it comes well to, well Chris, but, but Chris, I know I know
0: he may be he may be suspended he may right. be fined right. I mean there's been no player that I can think of other than the indefinite suspensions arising under the drug policy that i strongly disagree with yeah even then the player can come back right the idea of forcing an owner to sell is a lifetime ban and i can't think of any player who's had a lifetime ban ray rice had a de facto lifetime ban because they shoved him out and nobody would bring him back right and frankly if he if he was you know a star player at the time this all happened, he would have been back. We know how that goes. Right. But the, 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 it's, a, it's an extreme outcome, and I don't think the owners want to stretch the rubber band that far because then it could potentially be stretched that far for one of them at some point in the future and it's just something what, else to worry about what about and, and i i really yeah. think that's why it's not going to that yeah
2: point. I, it makes a lot of sense mike when you said it i went oh that that's exactly what it is i mean it kind of like the light bulb went on in my head what about like the amount he paid for the, fo- the team like is that is that looked you know for that 40 percent? i didn't realize he only had 60 percent of the team i don't know why i thought he had a bigger percentage of the football team but 950 million at this point is that value what, what is that like well yeah what does that look at
0: i saw someone else report it's 875 uh either way we're talking about a, a 2 billion to 2.4 billion four billion dollar total valuation but the minority interests aren't as valuable as the majority interest because what do you really have That's one of the reasons why these guys want it out. What do you really have? Yeah. You don't have any control. Right. You don't have any voting rights. You have no path to purchasing majority interest in the team. It's just an investment that lets you hobnob with some movers and shakers when even though you're a mover and shaker in other industries— this piece of the team you hold doesn't mean jack squats. Yeah, so yeah. those shares are worth less than what they'd be worth on the open market. $2.5 billion total valuation I think is inaccurate. I think the 60% that Snyder already held is worth a lot more. And if you can sell the full 100 to someone at some point, if that's what you choose to do, you're going to get a hell of a lot more out of it. I was told by somebody last year that I trust that the gambling proliferation, legalization, how it's going to spread, all the different ways they're going to find to make money off of gambling is going to result in
2: teams being worth between eight and ten billion dollars sooner rather than later wow that's unreal I mean again I'd like to see the Washington football team kind of get back on the right track this was a good year for them last year 2020 I mean as far as the team I know Daniel Snyder had his own issues and you know hopefully this can get figured out either way but I do like football when they're relevant. I do. I've always been a fan of the Washington franchise just because I grew up in the NFC East. That's what I've seen. And I just, I wonder, Ron Rivera certainly seems like he's settled things down. I'd wish they'd move out of that dumb stadium they are in the middle of nowhere and get back to the D.C. area and do something like that. Um, But, you know, good for Daniel Snyder. Now he controls the whole football team, and we'll see if he can get some of this other stuff under control. And I will say this
0: on the way to break, and this is just an expression of my opinion. I was in that stadium for an international soccer match. We went to go see Lionel Messi play, and all we did was see him sit on the bench. Shocker. That place is a dump. It is a complete and total dump dump and i'm amazed it's only 25 years or so old it feels like it's been around as long as the roman coliseum all right let's take a break more on that happy note more pft live right after this <laughs> although not the same severity as tim Donahue, the nba referee who was fixing basketball games years ago cautionary tale for all professional officials yesterday the nhl announced that referee tim Peel no longer will work games because of something that he said into a hot mic and this chris is a lesson to officials out there to never say the quiet thing out loud when you may be calling penalties for reasons other than a strict application of the rules as written. Because as I heard the comment from Tim Peel, it sounded like he had a reason for calling a penalty on Nashville in a game against Detroit early in the game, maybe to keep it under control, whatever the case may be. But it created the impression he was exercising discretion to call a penalty, not I saw something that should be penalized. And you saw how quickly, that's it. He's gone. He's out. You're going to have those motivations as a human being, as someone who's trying to take control of a game, who's trying to make sure the game is played fairly and fully. But in this age of legalized gambling, you
2: can never say it out loud when someone may hear it. No, you you can't say it out loud. And I think it's going to be on these leagues to be really, really strict with these referees too. Like that that stuff's got to go by the wayside. We can't be like, oh, I missed a, p- a penalty here or I missed a pass interference here. And now I'm going to call pass interference on them a little later because I missed it. Even though this might. But not that's be. how the sausage gets I made. I know, but it's got to stop. The, the sausage ain't that good that way because it just <laughs> it, it not. You know, sausage hey, is always good. The law. You're right. I'm going to eat it tomorrow morning. The law of physics, though, just say, hey, listen, it's going to come up again. Don't worry. You're going to have it. It'll balance itself out. But you can't have that. There are gamblings in big trouble. Full hour still to come. We'll be back with more right after this.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's